the liquor room. See, there's a whole lot of thoughts when I step up in the stew and approach this mic. It really sounds different when you're lying. Yes, people, this is the Liquor Room Podcast. We're back with another episode of Football Growing Up, part six. Um, we've been going through the segments and we brought on different people. Again, had to bring on my guy, King of Fives, Kurt, because again, his name rings around in the streets, not only on the five circuits, but he's a, he's a problem on the 11 circuit as well. But Kurt, what are you saying, man? I'm all good, bro. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No, all good, man. I mean, as I said to you off, off air, your story is very interesting in terms of like, you know, the journey you've had over the last, I don't know, let's say eight years since I've known you anyway, in terms of like the five-a-side circuit, but I'm sure you've had a, a breadth of uh, footballing experience before that, because um, five-a-side is not new to many people, but it's not popped up a lot in the England circuit, I would say, until the last, what, five years, if we're being honest? Mm, I'd say, honestly, it was, it was popping off more between 2010 and say 2017. Yeah, that, that's, that sounds about right, actually. I'd say between them, between that time, that's when it was popping off. Now it's becoming more, how can I put it to you? It's more like league format now. Yeah. Do you understand? They're trying to make it more professional. They're trying to yeah. get it out there now, but it's kind of slowed down, if you get what I mean. Yeah, different parts of in terms of like COVID and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's more like the futsal thing. The futsal yeah. thing is more, is more blowing now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Here in, in the UK, but it's been blowing like all over Europe. That's where it mainly comes from. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So in terms of like your your footballing background, so take us back to the first early ages of when you remember playing football, like primary school, was it? Or was it a bit later? No, my first like remembering football was like, Primary school. I used yeah. to play from a primary school team. Dope. And I used to play, if you're from West London, you'll know it. It was a place called Lily Wreck. Yeah, yeah. Just Fulham. So I had my boy Mal on here last time and he 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 was um similar to me. Uh we we both started there as well. That was probably the most known area to play in West anyway. Lily Wreck, definitely. Yeah, I was there from I started there when I was about eight. Yeah. I was there from about eight, and that's that's where I got signed for. That's where I got signed and asked to go to Fulham. Yeah. So yeah, that's where I grew up playing football, school, and and Lily Rec. So in terms of like that kind of um, environment, it was five aside, right? Uh, yeah, Lily Rec was five aside. Yeah. What kind that's of players did you come come across um, in your kind of um, time and playing there? Uh, people that still play now, or um, no? Do you know what? And not at Lily Rec. I wouldn't say anyone that played now. There was a lot of people that went to academies with me. Yeah. And that was at different academies that I played against that I'd seen at the Lily Rec. Mm-hmm. Because that's where a lot of scouts was going yeah. in my era down to the Lily Rec to find kids, especially for like um, Chelsea's Academy, Fulham's Academy, Wimbledon's Academy before mm-hmm. they went to AFC Dons. Uh, AFC, AFC Don, sorry, AFC Wimbledon. Yeah. They was Wimbledon FC. So a lot of scouts was coming down there to look at a lot of players from there. So yeah, a lot of players that I played against like Lily Rec 
end up playing against them for the next like three, four years at professional clubs. Yeah. So what was um, the Fulham setup like? Because uh, you, you just talked about you uh, being asked to go across to Fulham. What, what was the setup like? Is it, um, of course, more professional, right? But was it um, a bit more recreational or was it every day you're training? What, what kind no, of it was fun? more like when it was when I got asked to go to Fulham, it was more of a it was a school of excellence. They had an yeah. academy. It was like what they what they was doing at the Wandsworth Arndale Centre where you'd have mm. like a school of excellence. Okay. And then they'd ask you to go over to the academy. So I went there when I was about nine years old and I was only there for like a month. Yeah. I remember them after a month asking me to go over to the academy, which was across the road, because when Fulham Academy opened, they opened up in Motsville Park. They yeah. had like uh, an area across the road from there, which was like the School of Excellence. And then they, they moved that to the Wandsworth Arndale Centre and then obviously had the academy. And I got mm. asked to go to the academy from the age of 10. I was mm. there from the age of nine or 10. Okay, so in the, in that kind of um, environment, you went from the School of Excellence to the academy. Was there a massive jump in, of course, um, yeah. training, yeah, players? Yeah, massive jump. yeah. Even, at, even at the age of nine or 10, you could see the difference in quality, the difference in equipment. Yeah. Just like the way the coaches spoke to you, walking around, seeing like the first team players coming out of their dressing room to train on the first team pitch and you're mm. training on the Astro next to them. It was just a whole different, you, as a kid, you're like amazed by what you're doing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it was like, it was a completely different situation. So what kind, of, what kind of um, clubs did you come up against? Did you find it um, challenging? Because uh, you mentioned a few already in terms of like, you know, AFC. Wimbledon. Yeah, there was like, Wimbledon was a really good academy yeah. when I was at when I was at Fulham, and then I had like three or four friends that one of them went to my school. He played yeah. for Wimbledon. That was a really obviously that was more like a grudge match, and a lot of us knew each other. They was good, and plus they trained at and their home pitch was Cobham, because okay. before before Chelsea took the whole of Cobham, Cobham was split up into three: Wimbledon, Fulham, and Chelsea. Okay. So we all had a pit. We all had a bit of Cobham so it was easy for all of us that knew each other the Chelsea the Fulham or the Wimbledon boys we would all go with different parents because we're all going to the same place okay yeah you know what I'm saying so going down there yeah Wimbledon was a, a tough one Norwich I remember going to Norwich they was a tough op opponents um Arsenal they was they were tough Chelsea Academy wasn't really good back then like when I started then they got better when I got to like 14, 15. Mm. But yeah, it was like, it was more like Ipswich. Do you know, like the teams out of London, like yeah, they, yeah. the academies, they they were they were the ones that was more of a struggle than like the Arsenal's, the Chelsea's, the Tottenham's. Do you know what I mean? Like they was like more in-house. Mm. So what changed in terms of like, you? it sounds like you was there for at least, at least four or five years, I'm guessing. Was it longer? Yeah, I was there. I was there till I was 16. Yeah. What, was, what changed? Was, if I'm if I'm completely honest now that I'm getting older, it was going through the teenage years. Yeah. It was the people I hanged around with. Mm. And it was the mentality I had back then as a kid. Because I knew I was good at football, because I was at Fulham, because I was the only kid on a four-year contract, because mm. you couldn't have you was only you was only allowed yearly contracts until you had your YTS. Okay. But Fulham Fulham had paid money for me to get one at the age of 13 
which would last me up till 17, which would have guaranteed me a YTS. Yeah. So it was like at the age growing up, my head was blown. Do you know what I mean? I'm thinking, yeah, 14, my YTS, I'm covered for my YTS up till I'm 19. So I'm a pro. Do you understand? So that was my mentality then. Plus, Paul Clements, he come into Fulham. And Mm. a lot of people, my era, that was at Chelsea or Fulham, you could ask Bradley Hudson Adoyu. He was there with me at Fulham. He'll tell you about Paul Clements and how he was with the players there because me and Bradley was the only ones that was on like different contracts to everybody else. Everyone yeah. was on yearly contracts and we wasn't. So when Paul Clements come in, uh, Bradley's a year, he was a year age group below me, but mm. he was good enough to play with me in our age group. Yeah. So he used to play in our age group. And um, there's a couple of men from South that's been called out before. Lee Hall, he mm. was a he was a Fulham with me. Ben Brown, he was a Fulham with me. Oh, I can't remember his um, his last name, but he's a mixed race African brother, and he played for Fulham right back a few times, junior something. I can't remember it. He was at Fulham with me, mm. but Paul Clements come in and basically took over our age group, and our age group was like say like five to one black, okay, on whites. So when he come into our age group, he basically got rid of Lee Hall, Ben Brown, like slowly but surely, but he couldn't get rid of me and Bradley. Mm. So a couple things happened. They got, they released Bradley and then I was the last one left. Yeah. And then a couple altercations happened as a kid, you fall asleep, left the bath running, you know, mm. like silly things like that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It, was just, it was just a thing where he said, look, there's a, you can clearly see there's a problem instead of us releasing you, like, leave on a mutual agreement so it doesn't affect your CV Yeah, sort of thing. So I was like, obviously, my dad could see that there was a lot of things going on there. So my dad was like, no problem. So then that's when I left Fulham on a mutual agreement. And then I kind of, like, not gave up, but when you're there for so long, your bubble's, like, your you got a big bubble when it's been burst. Mm. And you know, you know partly, at that age, you don't think it's your fault you blame everything and everyone around you. Yeah, yeah. Sort of thing. So, yeah. So, that's when I didn't really, like, I weren't really on playing ball like that. Yeah. I mean, very, very reflective in terms of, like, that kind of gap from, as you said, the age of, like, 10, 11 to up to, like, 19. In terms of, like, that Paul Clement, just touching upon that, what did you have a season or two under him or was it just that one season he came in? No, no, I had, we, well, yeah, there was two seasons because yeah. the first season, Obviously, that was the season where he was getting everybody out. Mm. And in the second season, me and Bradley was left and he'd brought in a lot of players from Chelsea because, okay. like I said, at that age group, they started to get a lot of, like, French Africans okay. and a lot of, like, big, strong guys that they didn't... They looked like fully grown men, mm. but they're actually... But they're saying they're kids. Do you know what I'm okay. saying? So Paul Clements got a few of them in, which I found a bit strange, but at the same time, he brought them in and then a lot of, like not posh, but upper-class white boys that could play football. Mm. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, And they had like a committee sort of thing. So it was just like a thing where you could see he would, he would because the age groups was like 87, it was like school, 87 and 88. So if you're before, if you're born before December, in between September and December, in 87, you'd have the 88s with you up till June. It was like okay. whoever was in your school year, yeah, that yeah, would be yeah. your year in thing. So he oh, used yeah. to find tournaments. And like I said, Bradley, could he'd, he'd, he'd be my witness because he was 88. He would find tournaments 
where 88s could go, but 87s was too old. Uh, okay. Do you understand? And stuff yeah, yeah. like that. Do you know so little I mean? things to just try and like, you know, yeah. push out, you know out I mean? certain people. My, okay, cool. My dad could see that as well. Do you know mm. what I mean? And that's so why, no, that's, go why on, sorry. Happy. that's why I'm happy. Like people like Bradley that was there with me. Yeah. They can actually vouch for my stories. Do you know mm. what I mean? Because a lot of people say, oh yeah, this guy's just making excuses. He's a failure. No, I can take it. I failed that. I, if I had the mentality I had now, I would 100% made it as a pro. Yeah. But you live and you learn. And we're kids and we learn from our mistakes. Of course. But my stories that I talk about the people that did put a little sidetrack on my on my profes- professional contracts and all that, he mm. was one of them. Mm. So in terms of like the football inside of things, um, when you was um, there for that long period, could you see yourself progressing or do you think you were still at that level where you can get away with maybe training okay and then killing it in games or was you constantly progressing each year? No, do you know what it was? If I'm honest with you, you, you touched a, a, a good subject. It was mm. when, before Paul Clements come, yeah, the coach loved me. Yeah, so it mm. was more like, it wasn't I could do what I want in training or I couldn't give as much as everybody else, but there were certain things that I would get away with because he knows mm. what I would give in a game. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He knows that I always give 110% in a game. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And most of the most most of the times at that time, again, like I said, other people that was there, they can vouch for me. Any club we would play against, they would approach my dad. Okay. And that that's the reason why Fulham put me on that four-year contract. Basically, tried to show like we want to keep him, like we'll show him love, we'll do this, we'll do that. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. YTS, we'll give you this, we'll give you that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like giving me like boots and shin pads and you know, like the, just the things that you're not supposed to get. Exactly. Yeah. They're giving me. Do you know what I mean? Just to try and keep my dad sweet. Mm. Do you think that gave you a little bit of, as you said earlier, a false sense of security in terms of like, yeah, I can probably coast and get get away with maybe putting up maybe these numbers? Because what position did you play in that in that kind of period of time from age of 10 to 17? Was it, you know it in the middle? It was weird because they, it, it was, I went there as a striker. Yeah. Because obviously playing at Lily Rec, I was just scoring goals and goals and goals. That's what they knew me for. Mm. And then like, as the years went on, it's like, I went in, they started playing me behind the striker. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? So it was like, they're like, you, you got vision as well as a finish. So yeah. let's try and play you in a 10. So then... I played behind the striker. Obviously, back then it wasn't a 10. It was. You there? Yeah, yeah I'm still there. It's like a false yeah, so, nine kind of thing, isn't it? Like yeah. A, it second striker, not, sorry. Second striker. Second striker. Yeah, that's yeah, so it. It was yeah. more like, it was more doing that. So yeah. I just adapted to that. And then I realized yeah. I'm a better, not a better, but I am. I'm a, I can assist a man better than scoring a goal. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying to you? That's, that's what I realized. I can score goals, but I prefer to play and make goals of course do you know what I'm saying so yeah then I just they played me behind the striker and then that's what I played for them for Chelsea so yeah okay so in terms of like when you had that little switch of position you, do you remember the numbers that you was kind of given per season in terms of like assistant goals roughly I'd mm, I'd say I'd get about 25 goals a season yeah but I would I would average about 
I'd say about between 20 and 30 assists. Okay. So he's putting up the numbers then again. Yeah, the numbers that, was up because yeah. Bradley, Bradley would score about 40, 50 goals a season. Mm, yeah. And he played in front of me. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So it was, yeah, the numbers, my numbers was always high. That's why teams would go for me because I could score goals as well as create goals. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah, the, the stats and all that has always been high for me no matter what I've played. Yeah. I've never, I've, I've only ever had like one bad season, like semi-pro where I got back into things and I wasn't really enjoying it. But mm. if I'm enjoying my football and I'm enjoying where I'm at, yeah, the, the numbers are always high. I mean, moving from the kind of process of Fulham, of course, you left Fulham. Was there any like um, other opportunities? Because you said you didn't play. Did you just fully stop and that was your choice or was it just there was no opportunities? No, 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 no. I went to, um, I got asked to go to Brentford. Okay. And that was, as I went, as I got asked to go there, that's when they had that bankruptcy thing. Yeah. And they had no training ground or no nothing. And they was training in a school in Southall. And like the AstroTurf was all ripped. You know, like they was getting back on their feet sort of thing. Yeah. Hockey goals, hockey goals and all that. At yeah, that the real time, grind, the real grind. <laughs> the you know where grind. I've gone from so professional yeah. to like a new dome being built, changing rooms, drinks, do you know what I mean? Food, that like I've gone from that to, to that. I didn't really take that serious at the time. Mm. So I wasn't really on that. And then um, I kind of gave up on football. I wasn't really interested in it like I said to you the group of people I started hanging around with and getting yeah. on the road sort of thing yeah I yeah. weren't really on the football no more but mm. then what happened was I used to go to a youth club in Shepherd's Bush called Masbro okay. yeah and I went there one day with my friend Ade and we mm. was going to the youth club but Eddie Newton was down there mm. and Eddie Newton was doing like a football session with kids that go to like Prue, Prue, whatever it's okay. called, the, yeah, the yeah. centre, wherever it is. He was doing a session there and he was two players short. So he asked me and Ade if we'd play and obviously didn't know who he was at the time. And I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. we'll play. We were like, we're at the youth club, we're playing. So obviously we're playing and you can see that this is how bad it was. Ade, <laughs> not in a bad way, but he wasn't really a good footballer. Mm. But playing with them, he stood out. Okay. And, I stood out massively in it. So he said to me, oh, he said to me and Ade, oh, um, I work for Chelsea and um, I'd like you to come down because Chelsea's doing some, you know, the football icon thing that they done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before they televised it, they done one to see how it would go. Okay, so like a little mock run type thing. Yeah, like okay. a little mock run sort of thing. So he invited us down there. So obviously I said, like, at the time, I wouldn't be able to get there. But Eddie Newton lived in East Acton, which was up the road from my mum's. Yeah, yeah. It was like, I'll pick you up and take you. So I was like, all right, cool. So I just thought I was going to go down there and it wasn't going to be serious. You look Like, you don't really believe people as a kid. But yeah, when I've gone down there now, I've obviously seen, I've gone into Cobham. I've seen all the Chelsea people there, blah, blah, blah. And I've, there were 600 kids there wow. on the first day. So That's a lot. He was like, you get lunch, like pat lunch, or you're there for the day, basically. Mm. So they give you a speech. They're telling you basically every day numbers will go down and you're there for a week. And on the final day, you, they'll have 22 and they'll have like the coaches there, the head of director there, and they'll choose one person. That's how yeah. they've done it there. So obviously 
me and a couple guys like that I knew from Halston was there. A couple guys from like South was there, like kids. We was all there, mm. and I won it. Mm. So I won the whole thing. So obviously, they offered me a trial. So I was at Chelsea at Simpson Lane, training down there. I was there what six weeks. They was loving me. Yeah. Telling me they wanted me to sign everything, telling my dad. And then imagine this was happened. We've got Fulham in, say, like two weeks' time. Mm. And I can't wait to play them. Yeah. I'm yeah. buzzing. I can't wait to play them. Two weeks before we're, we're, we're supposed to play them, guess who comes back to Chelsea? Oh, your <laughs> luck is out, isn't it? Oh, geez. No, your luck is who done. Who comes back to Chelsea? I'm guessing Paul Clements. Clements. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Whose age group does he take over? Mine. The said age group, yeah. <laughs> Watch what happens, though. He didn't even know I was there. He's walked into the change room mm. and he's seen me there. And you know when someone's shocked? Yeah. He was like, Kurt. And I was like, you're right, Paul. Like, as a kid, how are you? Like, boom, boom, boom. Oh, you're here? Yeah, yeah, boom, boom, boom. Two weeks later, I was out of the club. Oh, it's just this. They, 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 they released me the day before we were supposed to play Fulham. And I, I'm not going to lie to you. I begged them and asked them, please just let me play against Fulham and you can release me. Mm. But just let me play against them. And they were, they was like, no. Oh, I mean, it's, it, it can't be in terms of, when you look back at it, something against your name because he's gone from there to Fulham and he's gone back again. Is that in a span of two years, it sounds like? Yeah, it was, it was about, yeah, I'd say, yeah, two years, a year and so, a half, two years. Is because it? When, when I found out he had, a, he had a little disagreement at Fulham. Yeah. And then obviously Chelsea had offered him the job back. Mm. So he'd gone back to... No, it was a higher position. That was it. Sorry, it was a higher okay. position. Okay. He okay. was a coach at Fulham. Yeah. And then he got a higher position in the academy at Chelsea. So he'd come back. Oh, so he has more of an influence. To, yeah, yeah. You know, that's why things. he was okay. able to get rid of me okay. within like a week and a half. Because the okay. other guy, the other di- the director of the, at the time, I don't know if he still is. His name was Neil Bath. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he's still the director now, but he even was confused. And he even when he took me and my dad in the office, he was like this is something that is coming from higher than me. This is not something that I want, yeah. but we have to let you go. I mean, it's important to touch upon that because again, if anyone listens to this in the future, your friends or even like younger kids, what does that feel like for you at the time? Because you said obviously you, you just wanted to play that one game against Fulham for your own personal reasons, but the bigger picture, I don't know, tell me about the bigger picture for you. You're like, I've seen this guy twice now and he stopped me twice in your eyes, maybe as a kid. I don't know, Do what, you know what what's the kind of feeling me? around it? The feeling was, you know, when, like, you just think, you know what, I've had enough. Mm. Like, you can just tell, like, you're just broken. You're just thinking you've get, like, from the age of nine, you've been going train three times a week to get to football, going to school. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you've put work in. And even though you know that you've got to keep going, it's very, like, at that age, just to be playing professional football one day, to waking up to not playing professional football and not seeing your friends and not having the same routine. Mm. It's just like, it's hurt. It hurts. Yeah. And I'll be real with you. And I'll say this to everyone out there. It's at the time, it's how much and how much willpower and whether you've got the right back in behind you. Mm. You understand that will get you through it. At the time I didn't, do you know what I'm saying? And I'll be real. I didn't. Now that's honest. I, just, I mean, in terms of the, the kind of the dynamics, you've seen one person, you're killing it at your age group. He comes back to the same environment. You've just kind of excelled and got back on your feet. 
And he's like, nah. But of course, it's about um, what that person wants at the time, I'm guessing, because they can't even question it. Because you just said that when you had a sit down in the office, he's saying to you, it's come above my kind of pay grade. I can't do much. Yeah. Did basically. they recommend you to another club after that? Or it's just see you later, try and, you know, all the best, try, try your best kind of thing? No, it was just like, we wish you the best sort of thing. Mm. And that was it. And then from there, do you know what it was? It was like, that's when I just thought, you know what? Forget this. Do you know what I'm saying? That's mm. when it was like, you know what? Forget this. Not interested. And that's when I just started going on the roads, to be honest with you. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? That's when I was just like, you know what? I see all my friends making money. Yeah. My friends start, my, my friends were smoking. Do you know what I'm mm. saying? I was thinking, I'm not going to play a pro baller no more. Like, forget this. Do you know what I mean? Might as well just jump on the bandwagon. That's just yeah. me being real. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? And I'm just going to tell all the kids out there, don't do what I done. Do you understand? Because you have to have the right mentality and know what you want. And don't... What I what I done as a kid growing up, I tried to fit in. Mm. I tried to do things that I wouldn't normally do to fit in. Do you know what I'm saying? And yeah. I'm just telling kids out there, don't do anything you don't have to do to fit in. If people like you or if they're your friends, they like you for who you are. Yeah, 100%. That's do you right. know what I'm saying? In terms of like, um, this is like age 19, 20, I'm, I'm guessing now that you're not playing. Um, was there anyone around you still playing and keeping in contact with you and, you know, maybe inviting you down to a session, you know, in the park, you know how they do it now, come down to goals or power league, let's get a session Bro, going. Should I be honest with you? There, mm. there wasn't, you see when I was growing up, it wasn't really sessions like that. You see, okay. like, this is what I'm trying to explain to you. Like, the kids of today have to make make the most of these sessions that man are putting together or what they can mm. go down. Because when I was growing up, bro, it was, there might be a five-a-side tournament and you buck up with your bridges that you know that can kick ball. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? It would be like none of that. It wouldn't be like, yeah, there's, there's 12 of us that play for pro clubs. Let's get a session going. Mm. Because in my era... Not many men from the ends played pro ball. Yeah, it's interesting. I Do you mean, know what I'm saying? Definitely. There wasn't that much opportunities. It's interesting because, you know again, it's a similar theme with the people I spoke to over the last, like, four or five um, episodes like this, and they said there, there wasn't many sessions like that. Um, and only, as you say, now people are starting to do something of the sort, maybe at not the highest level, but conference and a bit lower and you may get the odd person that's not playing at all, but it's just, they know your name. So, yo, I'll invite him down. He's an extra body, but he can play. And it's important you say that to the kids now. It's good for you to get 12 men, even if you don't play at that level, together, go goals, maybe even an open space. You can get buy some cones for like, I don't know, £10, uh, some cones, and just get started in that kind of session, extra stuff outside of the environment to probably get your friends back in or yourself back in. I think it's very, very important in that sense. Again, West is a bit bigger than Northwest, but as you say, there's not much ballers that go pro in our area or in that area. So, of like your um 19, 20, 21, 22, did you move on to like another level of football, or was there like a big gap period in terms of you not doing anything? No, basically, I stopped playing ball from like 19 till 21, yeah, and then. I was playing like Mickey Mouse, you know, Saturday League, like, yeah, yeah. like and then my dad come to me and just sat down and just said to me, look, son, you've got a God-given talent, mm. like, try and make the most of it. Do 
Do you know what I mean? Like, try and get back into it. If you can't, at least become a coach or like you've got you've got natural born talent. Do something yeah. with it. Do you know what I'm saying? So then that's 2009. That's when I started hearing about these five aside tournaments. Okay. In um power league and goals. And then I started playing for Haraborough. Yeah. And my team was dope still. Albert Adoma was with me at Haraborough mm-hmm. before he got before he got the move to Barnet. So I was just playing like semi-pro ball on five aside. And then 2010 it started to pick up. Okay. And then I could see like this 2010, I could see these tournaments, Nike tournaments. Mm, yeah, they were coming about, like, right, yeah. blowing off. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And I'm thinking, wow, this is all right. And then there was a guy called Robert Ursel and Zoff, and they was well known on Fiverr side and mm. these these prizes, these aways. And I was like, you know what? And I just said, I remember saying to my pal, like, forget 11s. Like, I enjoy this fives. Like, I'm actually, I'm going to vow. I'm going to make sure I'm the best. I'm going to mm. do what no one else has done before. I'm going to win everything. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. things things that these guys that they're talking about, Zoff and Ursel and what they've won, I rated them. I looked up to them. Like, I yeah. took most of my stuff from them. But one thing that they didn't do was win stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So I was like, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. And then I was just like, boom. And then I just kicked off from there. 2011, winning Wembley, five-a-side at Wembley, the FA Fives World Cup, uh, five-a-side cup, won that. Won Paris, won Kia, went yeah. to Poland 2012, won the World Cup. That was the first time England ever won anything anywhere abroad. Mm. And we done it with five players. You know, just started to make history. Yeah. And then my name started to get around. And then I was playing semi-pro ball at the same time, um, Hillen and Borough, Broadfields. Just basically just getting in a bit of wage. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like not really taking 11s too serious, but I was the fives. Do you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Playing in the World Cup and that. That was my thing. I thought, you know what? I may have not made the most money out of the situation, but to become the best at something yeah. is an accomplishment to me. Do you know what I'm saying? Of course. So how was the transition for you from the 11s to the fives? Because of course... You're play, playing, playing against you and playing with you a couple of times. I never really gauged you ever probably being an 11 aside player. But of course, now you've shown your journey from the age of eight, nine to now, a bit of the kind of course of how you've taken it. Was there an easy transition to go to no, five aside? No, mm. no. And this is what I say to people. Even now, when I hear people, I'll bring, I bring ballers, professional ballers that play 11 aside. That's all good and well. Do you know what I mean? But I'm talking from experience. I played 11s. Mm. I played high. I played England schoolboys. Do you know what I mean? I played at high level in 11s. Mm. And coming into fives, I got bopped by three Asian bros and a kind of chubby ginger guy. Mm. Just because they know how to play fives. Do you understand? Because 11s and fives is two different games. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So the transition was mad. Like I said, 2009, I was getting slapped every tournament. Because mm. they play a certain way. Do you understand? So the transition, when you're when you're playing proper five-a-side, like I said to people, there's five-a-side where you go kick with your boys and the score's 12-11. Mm. Or you go and play a proper five-a-side team and you might get boxed 1-0, but they've kept the ball for nine minutes and it's only a 10-minute game. Yeah. Do you understand? That's, that's, so that's definitely that's, that's what... That's what when I mean about transition. It doesn't matter how good your team is. You can come up against one team 
where they're just so good at keeping the ball, they don't want to score, that you mm. won't even touch the ball to be even to be able to show how good you are. Yeah, I mean, I, you hear this brandished around a lot of people that come from the 11s. They call it boring football, that one yeah. type of type of um, yeah. mentality. But it's about, you know, getting through unscathed. It's about winning things at the highest level at five-a-side without having to, you know, extremely outwork a team. Just about but, knowledge, really. Knowledge of the circuit, really. But, but what people fail to realise is if five-a-side was so ineffective to 11s, why did Barcelona use it? Yeah. Why did Arsenal use it at one time here? They was known as Barcelona B, like the English side of Barcelona back mm-hmm. in the day when it was Henri, Vieira, them eras there. They yeah. played ball. And how did they learn that ball? Through fiber side. Do you understand? So at mm. the end of the day, what the players need to understand now is if you can bot ball, as they say, boring football, football in them tight spaces, what are you going to do on a bigger pitch? Agreed, yeah. Um, do you know what I'm saying? But they don't see that. that. They come down and say, you man ain't kicking ball. You man mm. are just doing this passing thing. So what do you do in 11 aside? You pass the ball. Yeah. You get into space. You keep the ball moving. You don't take the ball every time you got the ball and take on 10 men mm. and try to score. And this is what they need to get into their heads. Boring football is what academies look for. True, you've, got to be, you've got to be a special kid to have flair and, and be able to pass and them, for them to like you mm. in England. Do you understand? If you're coming from abroad, that's what they're taking. But if you're an English born and bred player, look yeah. at the players that England go for. They don't yeah. have skill, flair and all that. They might have one man that, that does that. In, in, in my era, when Gerard and that, they had Joe Cole. And he wasn't even a really skilly, skilly man, but that's what they call the skill. Or Daniel Sturridge. Mm. If you compare them man to man like Neymar, Messi, you know totally, totally different. Totally They're complete. Do you know what I'm saying? So our, our English flair and foreign flair <laughs> is two different things. Mm. And this is what I say to people here. Just learn the basics. If you can do the basics all 100%, you've got more chance of making a pro than if you can do 10 around the world and flick it over a man's heads and, and, and back heel it into the top corner. Yeah, I agree because there's a lot of people that over the last three, four years, I have friends that have said they've gone pro but they're nothing special, but they, they're very effective in what they do. And that is what you just said. Keeping it simple, the basics. Yeah. yeah. And basics. obviously our, not our, but some people's mentality is we have to do a bit more than just the basic, but it's not really that English football is not that it's just simple. Mm-hmm. Keep it ticking over. Do the, the basics really well, as you just said, it's interesting. Yeah, basically. I mean, let's go back to your five aside team. You said 2009, 2010, of course, you started winning things and, and competing a bit more. What kind of players was you with? What kind of team was you surrounded by? Ooh. You know what? My first ever win, because I played with one team for a year and we won a couple things, not a lot, but they was like my guys from my ends, but they weren't five-a-side players. Okay. We, was just, uh, they, we were just all ballers put together. And mm. it was like Aaron Morgan. He was at Watford at the time. Yeah, big up Aaron Morgan. Um, my pal Owen, mm-hmm. he was he was just known as a left-footed me. He was just different levels, and then it's mad. And then it was like, Diddy played with me there a few times. Mm. My guy Diddy big him up, and um, and then it was funny because then it was just like three yardies. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That big up Kamara, that fire, that it was just like three yardies. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, my pal Calvin, I have to big up Calvin. He was there too still. Yeah. So it was just, it was just like a man them team. We was, yeah, representing, yeah. we was representing our council, Hamilton and Fulham. And we were just making a name for ourselves. But then I think I remember that team roughly, you know. I'm not gonna lie. I think I'm like a couple of times you you played um down at is it Power League as well here and yeah. there when there was tournament. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, team. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so that was just that was just learning things. Mm. And then basically I got asked to go to another team. That, that something happened between me and the manager. Okay. So um oh no, I could I could actually I could say it. Basically, the manager at the time, it was a woman. Mm. Uh, she tried to dark me and take Harry, my pal Harry, the white one. Yeah, yeah. That's killing me in Stars League. Yeah, yeah. So basically, what happened was Harry had gonna get Harry had gone with my team. Yeah. To a tournament and end up playing against the team he'd left in the final. Okay. So they didn't like that, innit? So, so what they did is they must have rang me that night and said to me, "Oh, Kurt, how are you, mate?" And I'm gone like, "Who's this?" And he's gone, "Oh, it's Mills." I was like, "Mills, who's that?" Oh, from Top Draw. I was like, "Oh, what's happening?" He's like, I didn't see you at the tournament today. I was like, we didn't have one. He's like, yeah, you did. I was like, no, we didn't. He's like, yeah, you did. <laughs> like in Basingstoke. I was like, no, nah, I didn't get no phone call. He's like, no, nah, you didn't because they took Harry. Uh... I was like, what do you mean they took Harry? They was like, yeah, imagine like we've turned up. Harry said like he couldn't play and we've turned up to the tournament and they um, Harry scored the winning goal against us in the final. Yeah. To make it 1-0. So obviously they was like, I rang up the D was like she wanted to try him out. So I, I saw that as a disrespect. So I left in it. So fair. I went I went and joined top draw. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's because that's when I started kind of playing as well. And I obviously top draw, you, the other team that you, you had just left was around as well. So it was kind of yeah. like I was playing with like, you know, the, the West lot as well, Tiki Taka lot. So tiki we slowly taka, started yeah. to play in that kind of segment of when you was at top draw. So it's interesting. I didn't know that backstory because I think I just met you when you was at top draw. So yeah, so I joined Top Draw in 2010 mm. and we started playing like tournaments and that and we weren't winning nationals, but we'd get to the semis and yeah, yeah. we'd get, we'd win cash cups and that, do you know what I'm saying? And then mm. 2011, that's when we brought um, Morgs into the team. Yeah. And um, Les. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Les from Rice we brought him into the team and then we just started winning everything. That's when we won Wembley. We was the first team to win Wembley back-to-back and then Morgs got player of the tournament, one tournament, and I got player of the tournament, the next tournament. And that's when we just started killing it and just mm. winning winning everything, basically. Quick quick kind of um, background into five-a-side. Some people are like, oh, I didn't know five-a-side is that deep. And they're probably listening to us talk now. They're thinking, right, there's a lot more to five-a-side. What kind of team did you need to have? Did you need to have two solid defenders and two forwards? Or is it just you needed to have everyone that could contribute to goals? What kind of squad did you build to win those tournaments? Do you know what it is? It's when you're, when you, when you're playing five-a-side, it's you want to you wanna have a team where basically everyone can do everything. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter if you're a defender. It was like with me... With me, Harry, Ben, and Morgs, say for instance. Yeah. It didn't really matter if I swapped with Morgs and Morgs went pin man because I can defend and Morgs can pin. Yeah. Do you understand? It wasn't about having most teams wanted two solid defenders and two strikers, but most of the times that's where they lose because their defense could their defenders can only defend. Yeah. So when you're attacking, you've only got two 
attackers you can really worry about. The defenders, they don't really want to come forward. So it's more like four on two. Yeah, yeah. Do you get what I'm saying to you? Where with us, teams would worry about me and then you can't double up on me because there's Harry. Yeah, and then, exactly. all right, you can't double up on Harry because there's me. Or you can't double up on both of us because one, you ain't got enough players and then there's Morgan. What mm. are you going to do with him? Do you know what I'm saying to you? So it's not about getting two solid defenders or two strikers. It's about getting four players, basically, that the whole team kind of fears. That's yeah, worried about. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's that's what gave us the upper hand to other people because if you walk, in, if you walk onto a tournament and you walk on a pitch and a man will go, that's the weak link. Mm. They'll just prey on that weak link. Do you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. that's what I would do. If I if I walk on and I'm playing anyone, I'll be like, yeah, cool. That's the weak link. But it's like if I come up against West 13, there is no weak link. Yeah, yeah. I get what you know I'm saying to you. So now it's who do I want, which of these defenders will give me the least aggro? Do you feel yeah. me? So yeah, that's, yeah. that's where that's where that's where it's got me thinking and them thinking, because they're thinking I don't want to mark him. And I'm thinking, I don't want you to mark me. Do you get mm-hmm. what I'm saying to you? And that's yeah. what people fail to realise. They turn up with superstars that no one knows about. All right, yeah, I'll mark him. You might get exposed, you never know. But more time, five aside, you won't. No, man, I mean, that's it's honest with you in terms of like the, the little gems of the five fives world. Of course, that somewhat translates to the six side world. We'll get into the six side in, in a little bit um, in terms of that. But of course, moving on from 2011, 2012, what are you doing now? What kind of journey are you taking? You said you, you won in Poland. Was that a, a particular tournament or was that with the actual England side? No, no, that was a Kia tournament. So okay, basically so that was a five-a-side tournament. And then basically you go over there to represent England okay. as your country. And it was in the time of the Euros, 2012. Yeah, makes sense, so yeah. We, but what, what, made, what gave us history was is that every other team over there, they had 12 to 14 players. Yeah. And we only had five. That's mad. What, what was the reasoning behind that? Was it you didn't know what to expect or you're like, you know, you just need five? What was the reason? No, because that? it was in a tournament over in England, it was five aside and you're allowed to take one player in it. Obviously okay. one sub. It was, a, yeah. it was a tournament done like that, six players only. Yeah. But all across the world, you could have 10 players, 12 players. Mm. So when we've turned up there now, because remember, certain countries, it, it, the amount it will cost to bring 12 is the same amount it will cost to bring six. From oh, England. Yeah, yeah, I make it make sense. Do you get what I'm saying to you? Yeah, yeah. So when we turned up there now, we've seen all these people get out the lifts and that and all these teams and we're like, what's going on here? Mm. And they're like, there's 12 men. So at the end of the day, it worked out better for us because at the end of the day, we knew that it was us men that had to do the job. There's no subs. We've all got to work for each other and it paid yeah. off, bro. Yeah. And it paid off. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I definitely. prefer that anyway. I prefer that for me. It's like, don't get me wrong, you need a squad just in case people get injured. Yeah. But I prefer to go to tournaments with just five men. All right, maybe one sub just in case, but more time, 10 minute games. But them games over there, they were half an hour long, bro. They were 15 minutes each way yeah. in the blazing down sun. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, like I, I have to big up all of them that was in my team Ben, Ben Long, Saman. Harry, me, yeah. Pagey. I have to big them up yeah. because we all done it together. I think Harry told me that story, actually, because we, we shared a room, obviously, when we went on the Euro 2018 campaign. And I'm sure yeah. he told me about you just going with Dead Five and obviously it was blazing hot. And I, th- I think he told me about that story, actually. And it was, it was interesting to hear in terms of 
you telling the extra part to it, they had 12 men squads, 14 men squads. And did it mean that over here would just be, who kind of dealt with the kind of transition of getting you across there? Was it Kia or was it the English FA? No, no, it was Kia. Okay. No, it was Kia. Everything was done through Kia. Seems like they kind of shortchanged you in terms of like allowing you to bring maybe like one or two extra men, even if it's just a manager or supporter kind of thing. You know what I mean? The difference is, bro, the way I see it is everything happens for a reason. Yeah, that is true. Do you feel me? So Mm. at the end of the day, the way I see it is if we had 12 men, we might not have won it. Yeah, true. That is true. In terms of like those kind of opportunities leaving from there, was there like any opportunities abroad then? Was anyone looking at you like, oh, come and play for our team in Poland or come and play for our team in here? Was there any people like, you know, taking your contact details to do anything like that? Um, Going abroad, it was mainly just futsal clubs. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And it was like futsal clubs would ask me to go out there and play, but it's like, it wasn't worth me going. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like when you get to a certain age, you have to think about, is it worth me going there? Obviously, yeah. if I was younger, it would have been worth me going. But where I got into my late 20s and I'm getting asked to go, the money that they're offering me, it wasn't worth me going. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's it the reality, isn't it? That's in yeah. terms of if you're, even if you're early 20s kind of thing, thinking about contracts, would you encourage people to think the same sort of thing? Like not that mid twenties age, but early on, you know, when they're going into the pro stages, would you say it's about money? Does it make sense? Or would you say just go out and play? Mm-mm. Money, when you're growing up and you're, and you're young and mm. you're trying to get into pro ball, money shouldn't be an option because the yeah. money will come. Do you understand? If it's meant to be, the money will come. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When you, you get older, them. when you get older, mm. that's when you have to start thinking about reality are you going to make it pro can i make the most money because that's what everyone does in semi-pro when they get to a certain age it's who's giving me the biggest wage packet of course do you understand that's all it boils down to it doesn't matter what football they play doesn't matter if they sit on the bench as long as they're getting a wage packet they're good when you're younger all you do is want to play yeah i'm saying so the money shouldn't come into it it's finding the right option don't go somewhere for the sake of going somewhere go somewhere because it's got a purpose Mm. you know what i'm saying even like i say i tell I tell kids all the time, even if you go to a club where they're not all that, but you stand out, one, because you're standing out for what you can do, as long as you're mm. doing what you're supposed to do, a club will come in for you. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? If you've got to drop a couple leagues below and yeah. score 40 goals in one season and get 20 assists, people that are looking on the website constantly will see you and get a move. Do you know what I'm saying? But there's no point going, oh, I'm going to go to Hemel because they're giving me 80 quid a game, but you're sitting on the bench every game because no one ain't going to see you. No, that's true. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. A lot of people um, of the older generation um, kind of talk about that kind of, um, can you go and play at this level? and shine because you know you've got now kids that are 21 getting these massive contracts and you know buying the cars etc and you just alluded to it should be about the football but do you think they'll get left behind if they're just thinking about the football and not trying to maximize on their contracts but that's where you got agents Mm. do you understand that's why kids nowadays have agents remember in my days there wasn't really that much agents you know there were some but it wasn't much most of it was done by your parents yeah that's true you know what I'm saying? 
nowadays it's done. But that's what I'm saying to you. If kids want to make it professionally, then they have to do everything professionally. So I'd advise them to get an agent to worry about that side of things so they can concentrate on the football. Yeah, that's true. Do you know what I mean? So was there agents like branding around when you was getting into your like, you know, your um, YTS or anything like that? Or it was just literally still done by the parents? No, it was just mainly done by the parents. Okay. The thing with agents back then, it was they was more, it was more greed mm. than trying to help. And that's where kind of the fault was in terms of um, maybe the better players just slipping through the system and looking back in it, some people that probably just say casually now couldn't maybe progress to that next level. Yeah, and do you basically. think? In ter- do you think in terms of? Um, Opportunity wise, um, there's people maybe I don't know five years below you that have that end up getting better opportunities, or it took a while for that to kind of come about with you know more clubs coming to kind of take players on and taking a chance on people. Say that again, I didn't quite understand that. Say that again, sorry. So, you know, in terms of like five years below you, was there more opportunities for those age groups as you start playing maybe at that level? Because things started to change around them in terms of like agents, coaches. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Everything's upgraded. It's yeah. just like everything in the world, bro. Everything upgrades. Everything always gets better. Do you know true. what I'm saying? Yeah. And this is what I'm saying to the kids nowadays. And this is what people used to say to me when I was their age playing ball. Take advantage of the opportunities because it's getting better and better and better. What you have, we didn't have. Yeah. Do you understand? And I'm saying that to them now. What you have, we didn't have. So it's constant, it's constant cycle, really. In terms yeah, of course of that. it is. Yeah. So in terms of like the five-a-side scene, you you won things. And what time did you get into like, you know, the England scene? When we're talking about England, meaning playing for your country, not in a competition of like, you know, Kia or anything like that. When did you start to get into that environment? Because there's videos on YouTube you can go to see where I think, was it 2012? You you played, uh, where was it? Is it not Lisbon? Uh, you ha- I can't remember where it was but you played for an England side and you reached the uh, quarterfinals semi-finals and there's some clips on YouTube what what year was that? Um, no that was the only time we got to the quarterfinals and semis that was like 215 216 okay so that was like four years on yeah that was four years on the first time I made an appearance for the first time I made an appearance for England was 2013 Okay. I played against it funny enough, my my pal put it in a group today. It was uh against Bulgaria. Okay. And that was my first say debut. And I'm I I think I scored four for them. Uh yeah, against Bulgaria in 2013. And that's when mm. I got introduced to the team and got took to Crete that year yeah okay Crete that's what I was referring to because it I remember it being sunny etc but I just couldn't remember the name uh, so obviously Portugal's very different to Greece isn't it but um in terms of you scoring four against Bulgaria what was the opposition like because less for the people out there that don't know and maybe anything about six aside it's not your professionals per se what kind of standard are you coming up against uh to be fair it was that their standard wasn't really good yeah at the, at the night it wasn't really good to be fair we, we beat, I think we beat them like 12-1 okay. or something like that. But what 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 they didn't understand, they didn't expect us to be as technically good as we was okay. because we're English. Yeah. So they thought they would just come on the physical side of things. Mm. But it never worked that way. Do you know what I mean? And that's what happens with a lot of... I've learned playing for England, they yeah. just think England's going to be what they know England to be. 
Do you know what I'm saying? Not yeah. technically good. Do you know what I'm saying? And so a bit more of a long ball merchant type yeah. vibe as well. Yeah. yeah. And like just pump it up to the top man. And do you know what I mean? They they didn't expect what we was giving them. And mm. now so, so it's yeah. interesting in terms of like you moved from there, you got introduced to the main squad. Who was you around? Was it people all around England? Was it just a concentration of people from London? No, or... but in that in that England team, it was mainly just a five-a-side team called MDU because they was the top yeah. team at the time. Yeah. And they just added on a, added in a few players like me, Harry, uh, JP, who's their current G- GB manager now. Yeah. They added him in, uh, Ryan Walton, mm-hmm. who's played like 11s at a high standard. They just added in a few people to make the team a bit better. Mm. And what was that like? Was it a different kind of philosophy? Because, of course, top draw moving into now England setup, is it a completely different style of playing or is it just five not aside then. but excel? Yeah, not then. Yeah, okay. not then. Not then. It wasn't, there wasn't, it wasn't, there wasn't no formations, no strategies. It was just basically MDU gone out there, put the best players out there and do what you can do. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? There wasn't, we didn't train. There wasn't, do you know what I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't like that in the beginning. Okay. The How transition... Yeah, how did you find that? That's what I was trying to say, yeah. The, how, it was all right because obviously they just brought me in to do one job and that was to score goals. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? So it was just basically just go on a pitch curtain, get a goal when you can get a goal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do what you can do best. That was it, really. And what was your most memorable kind of time in that kind of era? Um, Games-wise, goals-wise, what was your most what? memorable time? My England, my yeah. England era. Yeah. I'd have to say my most memorable goal for England is the one I scored against Romania mm. and because the reason why that is is because Romania had not been beaten in six years they hadn't been beaten in six years they'd won it every year yeah. and their manager like really liked me but really feared me and yeah. before the game he said to me like I've told my team you are the threat don't give you no time if we can do that, we'll win the game. But he also said, whoever scores first will win the game. And obviously, we scored We scored first. Yeah. We won the game. And the last 30 seconds of the game, the only time that their player allowed me to turn in the game, obviously, i done what they feared, didn't it? Mm. They, their manager said, don't let Kurt turn you and face you. And he goes, Kurt, first, the last 30 seconds, they let you turn and face and look what you do to us. Yeah. So I'd say that goal there was memorable because everybody praised me for that and obviously it was a big moment it was played all over the tv for about four or five days yeah so yeah that i'd say that is my most memorable goal for england Mm. and i mean moving from that because um transitioning there's still a lot of years till now of course did you end up playing a bit more 11 aside or you just stuck onto the five aside circuit no just fives yeah I, i haven't played 11 aside since 2015 I mean, that's a, that's a big, long gap. And of course, yeah. COVID happened two years or 18 months, should I say. So preferably we're, we're talking four years without actually going on 11s pitch, technically. Yeah, without um, playing 11s, four years. What's the what's the most, you know, memorable wins in the last four-year gap then? Of course, you did Kia. What's the most recent one you'd say? Yeah, I, I'm proud of that one. Um, oh, I haven't really won anything. I'd say that that's just me being honest. I'd mm. say the most 
The most memorable one I'd say that I've won recently is the um, F5WC, the Further Side mm. World Cup here, to go to go South Africa. Okay. I'd say that within the last four or five years, that would be the one I'd say that has stuck out. Them big tournaments you always want to win. Yeah, of Do course. Do I'm saying that 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 was my aim in five aside. I ha- I have to win every major tournament, mm. and the only tournament I haven't won is the Red Bull. Yeah, name I That's the yeah. only one out of every tournament that's ever been bought on the five aside circuit. That's the only one I've never won. What do you think is the reason for that one? Um, I'd be honest with you. It's I've never gone with the right team. Yeah. And the one year I did go with the right team, like everybody knows, we got cheated out of it. So, mm. like I say, everything happens for a reason. All the rest of the times where I've gone, yeah, I've been beaten, had the wrong team. Do you know what I'm saying? Or we, I've had the right team, but people just messed up. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? It's just that tournament I've wanted to win and I ain't won it. So, like they say, everything happens for a reason. Of course. I mean, the, the recent winners um, were just people. Um, Slough, wasn't it? recently yeah correct so different teams win it and you think as you said earlier people turn up with a team that you think oh these guys they don't look like ballers but they do the right things in the right moments at the right times and again that is what it is about that five aside six aside level it's doing the right things at the right time at the right moments and again moving forward into your you know you've recently gone back into the england setup over the last six seven months maybe um what's it like now is it very different what can you tell us a bit more about that? Um, yeah, the England setup is 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 a lot more professional. Yeah, it's a lot more. It's a lot more worth playing. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? To be fair, like if, when I done it with Scotty Cousins and Robert Ursel in two fifteen and sixteen, it was the set the setup how they done it was very professional. Yeah, but it wasn't as professional with the kits and the stuff how it is now. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? But the, yeah. the style of play and everything, yeah, it was good. But I'd say like what we're doing now is a bit, it's a lot more professional. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and do you think um, in terms of the group you have now, uh, moving forward to the tournament, which is coming up in the next couple of months, how do you think you'll do? Is it the right squad ticking over moving forward? Yeah, moving forward, the squad's only getting stronger. Like mm. Obviously, the, the, the full squad hasn't been decided yet. Yep. It's still in a working process. Mm. But for the players that we're getting in at the moment, yeah, they're looking at different aspects which they've never done before. You know, like where we've always gone for like top, top five and six aside players. Of course, yeah, yeah. And never gone like branched out to give anybody else a little look at. Do you know what mm. I'm saying? Yeah. But this is what they're doing now. Do you of know course. what I'm saying? So there's people that's been signed that's never been heard of, but they can play. Yeah. And it's about what you, the X factor sometimes, isn't it? And yeah. Basically. They, what they do for the team at that moment. And again, um, opening up to the whole of England is, is um, again, what will probably be the next steps moving down um, into like, you know, expansion and all that. Um, how is it with the FA? Is there much talk with the FA? Do you know much? Or is it just uh, no, very that, individualized? That, that side of things, I don't know nothing. Yeah. Bro. I just... I just go train, play, and do what I gotta do. Mm. All the all the politics and what goes on behind closed doors, I don't know nothing about. That's fair. 
in terms of like the contrast of futsal, because you said earlier in the conversation that futsal is, you know, what they're pushing a bit more and the league format for uh, Astro. Do you think six aside Astro turf football could get to that futsal level? 100%. What do you think needs to happen? What do you think needs to happen in that aspect then? I just think for it to get like that, it's got to be publicised more. Start yeah. leagues. Yeah. I mean, start putting it out there like how they have with the futsal. Do a six-a-side league. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, just... It just... Like everything. Everything has to be publicised. Everything has to be given a chance, though. For, of course. To see if it will work or not. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's a bit like um, how we have it now. Stars League. Um a few other um, leagues that are, you know, popped about like goals down at Wembley. They have a different people that have player cams and things like that. And that's kind of how you build because the generation of the, the social media, isn't it? And yeah, you, don't, of course. you don't know that's until you see really it. Forward. Of course. And again, would you say that you have a few more games coming up for the England setup? Yeah, we've got a game on the 29th. Okay. Where can people uh, see that? Where can people go and watch that? Is there anywhere to uh, kind yeah, of access that? Yeah, if people want to come down, it's um, Cranford. The Cranford Dome. Yeah. It's at Cranford High School. It's on the 29th of August. And mm-hmm. I think the first kickoff is at one o'clock. Okay. And we're playing against um, my old England team, who we just spoke about. Yeah. Who I played with in 2015 and 16. We're playing against them and Kings, King okay. Five. So two strong sides uh, to yeah. compete. Do you, do you fear, again, in the lead up, of course, squads ain't picked up, picked yet. Um, not playing any foreign opposition in that format? Is that is that a worry for you as an individual? Uh, to be fair, I'm not. I, there has been talks of foreign opposition, but like, again, mm. I don't know the ins and outs and all that. Yeah, I would prefer, I would like to play against a foreign opposition, 100%. Of course, of course. Yeah. I would love to play against a foreign opposition. And again, it will also give the ones that come in. Yeah, of course. Uh, a look at what it's really like. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Because, of course, you don't want to have a culture shock where there's probably half of the team that has had that experience due to competitions in England. Precisely. The other half that, you know, maybe hasn't had that experience, which is, um, again, maybe in the back of the mind, as as you said, higher above you. Of course, you're doing your thing, grinding, um, trying to push yourself into the squad. Um, But again, last, again, couple topics before we kind of close off. Um, Do you know anyone, again, as your time playing football, could have been professional but never made it. Any names you want to shout out? Your uh, time as playing. Aaron Morgan. Uh, my pal Owen. Yeah. Everyone. Do you know what? To be fair, and this is not even a joke. Anyone that I kick ball with could have gone pro. Mm. Stooge, George Crack, George Moore. Like I'm talking people. Even Bradley Hudson Odoi, who I played ball with, like. He could have gone, he should have been a pro. Mm. Everyone talks about his brother Callum. I'm telling you, Bradley was on a different level. He was yeah. a goal machine. Like, scored goals for fun. Do you know what I'm saying? There's mm. like, there's a lot of people that I've, grow, that I've grown up with, right, that I can say that could have become a pro baller. There's too many names to shout out. Of course. But the one thing I will say is, all our mentalities was wrong. That's why none of us made it as a pro baller. Mm. And again, what you said earlier in the kind of um, conversation was, how you should, you know, be developing as a as a footballer and the kind of things you'd be thinking about, who you should surround yourself with, what you should be doing. So that all kind of feeds into that kind of question. Um, is there any managers that you enjoyed playing under? Uh, yeah. Um, 
I'd have to say like my Fulham coach, mm. my Fulham coach when I was there, like from under fourteens below, like if he was still my coach all the way through, mm. I would have made I would have made it pro hundred percent. Can't like it wasn't even that he just because he liked me, he always give out the right information. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Even if it was negative information, he'll give it out the right way. You feel me? Like yeah. So it was just yeah him. I would have to say like him. Um, I enjoyed playing underneath my Edgware Town manager when I was there. He okay. was good. Um, but yeah, apart from that, Scotty Cousins, Ursel, they were good as my yeah. manager in England. The two I got at the moment, they're learning, but they're good. Like mm. you know what I'm saying. So do you know what it is? It's not I enjoy, if if I don't enjoy it, I'm not gonna stay there. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So more time I enjoy it. Or I leave. So anyone I've really played under, apart from the teams I've left, and I ain't really left many, I've enjoyed playing underneath them. That's why I've stayed. Mm. And then this last couple of questions in terms of like what we're talking about. When could you say you was at your best, like your sharpest, where you was killing it and no one could get around you? I'd say, boy, I'd say my peak years was 2000 and. 12 to 2017. Okay. Five years. So they, they, was, they was my peak years, 2012 to 2017. And that was when I would say I was untouchable. That's when I won everything. No matter yeah. where I went, no matter what team I was with, like, I won everything. Do you okay. know what I'm saying? That's when I would say I was at my sharpest, my most, yeah. Yeah, about four years ago. From Ended about four years ago. So I'd say from the age of 26 to 31, Okay, that's that's, a, that. that's honest of you in terms of that span. Again, just the last bit. Any youngsters out there that you know are interested in getting on the five-a-side circuit, where can they kind of find you in terms of your social medias? They can find me Instagram. I've got I've only I've only got Instagram. Yeah. Okay. So it's just um, at Curtis K U R T I C E and then the number one. Okay. Find and they can they can just I'm DM you and get questions. Okay. Yeah, they can DM me, you can follow me, you can ask me anything, how to get, I'm, I'm willing to speak and offer my services to anyone, advice mm. I can to anyone, to help anyone progress mentally. If anyone wants one-to-ones, yeah. also contact me on the, the Instagram. Like, and my advice to anyone, anyone, to, anyone that wants to become a professional footballer, it's just not about your physical ability. You've also got to have the right mental yeah, to to be able to get through it as well. That's honest, man. That's dope. And then anything in the future? Is there going to be a managerial role? Are you going to take on a new young five-a-side team? Is there anything in the works for eleven aside? That's, that's at the end. Of, at, at the moment, I'm in talks with somebody. I'm trying to. I'm trying to sort something out. I want to make a. I want to. I want to make a five-a-side team. Yeah. Hopefully, I don't. I'm, well, I don't want to play in it, but I'm yeah. trying to make a five-a-side team that can just emulate what I done. Of course. And, win tournaments and get sponsorship and hopefully turn them into like a futsal team. Do you know what I mean? And okay. Just just I'm I wanna I wanna brand what I've learned and yeah. give it to the give it to seven or eight, have a squad of seven or eight and that are devoted and that just wanna become the best that they can become. Yeah, I mean that's dope, man. In terms of that, uh, nothing in the eleven aside kind of format. You're, you're not interested 11s, in. Obviously, I managed. I managed Hill and Borough like okay. three years ago. 
Okay. Yeah. I got off, I, I done half a season. Well, I done a full season there, mm. half and half. I kept them out of relegation. Mm. And then I was unbeaten until Christmas. And then I lost one game to Harefield uh, and Broadfield. So I lost two games. I managed 44 games and I lost two. Okay. I lost two, drew three and won the rest. So, yeah, I mean, that's a big rather, isn't it? Broadfield, because they're not too far. Hailfield's not too far. So they're big games that you kind of want to get stuck into, right? Yeah, 100%. And, and just the last five minutes, because I, I find it interesting in terms of how you've shuffled from the football into the coaching. In terms of when you was at Hillen and Borough, was it players that you knew that came in to do your job or was it a mixture of young, old? What, no, what kind no, of environment no. like? It was just, a, I just called in everybody that I knew. Yeah. That I knew that could play ball and that could play together. And yeah, we just done the thing, to be honest. Mm. Okay. And the coaching staff was pretty much people that you was all right with and etc. cetera. Well, I done everything. I coached yeah. them and managed okay. them. I done, I didn't have no backroom staff. I didn't have an assistant. I didn't have nothing. Okay. okay. I done everything on my own. And again, reflecting on that, would you have liked to have some more of that kind of support or was it just how it kind of went? No, no. At the time, you think you do everything on your own, but when I look back, I would have liked to have support. I would have liked to be able to have someone do it with me. Mm. Yeah. But, like no, I, man, say, I appreciate that. for a reason. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, uh, it sounds like a whistle-stop tour through your kind of journey. Um, of course, we could have delved into things a bit more, but I think the kind of message I'm trying to deliver from this football growing up segment is just giving you different aspects of different people's footballing journey. Maybe that we're playing at the highest level, maybe not. And kind of knowledge to pass down to the next generation. So I think I appreciate you for coming on, Kurt, and, and, and delivering some of that knowledge. Anytime, bro. You and again, already, anytime yeah. I can give back. Yeah, definitely. And again, we'll get you on like a bigger kind of stream. And hopefully down the line, we see your project come to fruition and, you know, you put that at the forefront of what we do, definitely, man. No, I appreciate that. I mean, thank you for your time, bro. But this is uh, Anytime, Football Growing bro. Up, part six. This is Ryan, your host, and that's Kurt. And we're out, man. Peace. Peace, people. Let me tell you things about my life. Let me tell you things about my life. No checking on phones, no new uploads before I hit the roads. The liquor room.